Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Stepinski. What I've done this past week is record a few different uh, talks, a few different times I was speaking to you. I did not get a guest, wasn't able to get anybody. Um, but I uh, did speak and I thank all of you who have been writing in. And um, some of you who came to see me, I want to thank you again because some of you keep writing to me. It was great. I actually have a very interesting guest um, that I hope I can bring on at some point from Australia. But um, it doesn't look like it's going to work out for this week. So I will find someone more on my time zone. Okay. So I'm just going to play the recordings for now. And if any of you have comments and questions, please let me know at natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com. Here we go. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. I'm speaking from my morning walk. I'm in the wadi. This is the part where the dogs go down. And it's very green. And this is where um, all the uh, all the kramim uh, are, the uh, grapevines are. Um, the first place I let them go on their own. And it's really, really warm. You know, I'm wearing a sweater and, and gloves and two pair of pants and a hat. And it's, I mean, I'm so warm. I got to take my sweater off. It's crazy. February, uh, I think it's February 13th today. That sounds familiar. February 13th, maybe February 14th is some kind of thing. I know it's Valentine's Day somewhere. I remember that. I, it's one of those. Anyway, here I am. Yesterday, we picked up my second boy, Zevi, from his base and brought him home. He was released for, um, he will be home for until tomorrow. That was very exciting. I got a call um, a few days ago and he, he was calling from someone else's phone and told me that was going to happen. And it was great. So we got him and got some pictures and he looks great and he just is very quiet. Um, you know, I maybe asked him two questions and he just didn't really answer. And I was just going to, I just stopped talking. And my, my other son, the older boy, was like, Mom, stop, you know. Um, so it is now very early in the morning. I don't know, 5.30, I think. And I wanted to... Oh, look at this. There's a laser pointing at us. Cool. There's a... Okay. Security is watching us. Interesting. Um, I never saw that before. I wanted to uh, tell you that, that he came home, and um, we are... My, my older son asked if we would go out for dinner and yeah we will do that tonight we don't ever do that it's funny we we just don't and um we'll do it and you know one kid won't be here he's going back to Mechina and it's just that nobody's ever all together so so we're going to go to Beersheba for dinner which is an hour away and I hope everyone wants to and is awake because um that also happens. We were trying to do this the last time he was home, and he changed his mind. He's like, you know, I don't want to go. I just want to stay here. I just want to go to sleep. 
what do you do, right? So that might happen again. But I'm telling you this because I got my, I had to write to the rabbi of my boy's school in Eilat to get him special permission to leave, to come home. He's in Eilat, three hours away. So he'll be coming home today. And um, I haven't seen him. Uh, he got braces on when I was away. So I haven't seen him, and either has his brother. And it just made me think, like, you know, once they go away to yeshiva, when they're 13, 14, ninth grade, they're kind of like out there growing up on their own. And that's it. He's my youngest. I haven't even seen the kid with braces on. Um, that means he went to the orthodontist on his own for the first time and got the tops put on. Like, good for him, you know? He's a, he's a big boy. He's mature. He can do that. And it's good. It's really good. And um, it's just kind of startling. Like, I always knew that they would take over these kids and I would be the one being led, not leading. Because that's what happens when you're an Olet. I hate to tell you all that. Um, but that's how I believe is the case. I always knew that, and I was willing to live that way because I'm not the best at everything. I'm not native Israeli, and um, from the very beginning, I felt the the foreignness, you know. But here it is. Um, <laughs> I asked my kid, "Where should we go?" and he knew the restaurant. And I asked him how much it's going to cost me, and he gave me an amount, what it's probably going to cost. And okay, I guess we'll do that. I mean, they, now, my two drivers, take the test, take the car to be tested. I don't have to give it to a stranger anymore. Um, if I need something done on the car, they do it. And yeah, they're young, okay, 22. You might think, oh, he's so mature because he was in the Army. But, you know, there are things about a 22-year-old raised in Susia, that are naive. Um, but he's pretty good in some ways and pretty not good in others. Still, that's what I've got. And then my next driver is 18. And he is pretty confident. Um, <clears throat> but like I was saying, I'm, it's it. You know, they're grow it's like they're grown. It's like I've done it. I've, I've um, raised them. <laughs> you know? Uh, now, as uh, another funny thing, you know, they're going to start to get married, I hope, you know, and I think it'll happen probably fast because that's how it goes. Um, all of a sudden, mom, I'm going to marry this girl. It, it could be like that. And I knew nothing about them ever even going on a date. So that is what I guess we're waiting for. <laughs> um, that's pretty funny. But um, I know I wanted to share with you about my boy coming home and um, the, uh, the news yesterday here was that two hostages from Argentina were released in a very, very complicated operation and a successful one. And I'm getting stories about it right and left, so I will be delving into that, but my first thought and my reaction is, kolakavod, but two, 
we only got two. And the fact that we have 130 or so Israeli prisoners, hostages, you know, just what is, what is that? I mean, that shouldn't be innocent civilians that were taken from their homes, from their land, are being held for four months. What, what is that? And, and the world just, you know, condemns Israel and says, we need to stop fighting. Are you, are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's disgusting. And it's, it's comical. So I'm glad we got those two, but let's get them all. Hi, everybody. It's 5.15 in the morning. I'm on my walk. And I just realized, this isn't a just. I've realized this for a while. There are women who are known, and women in general are known, for being able to multitask, for doing more than one thing at a time, and do them well. I am not one of those women. I am having trouble watching the dogs and speaking to you well, meaning speaking my whole mind. I will try, but I'm afraid that I'll get caught up in what I'm saying and I won't be paying attention to them because one of them runs away. The other one stays pretty much around me, but the other one runs away. Um, so I will do my best, but I did want to share with you an update on what my children are doing. Um, my soldier came home, Zevi came home for 48 hours. He was home, um, I think Monday afternoon until yesterday morning, Wednesday morning. Today is Thursday. I'm recording to you on a Thursday and it was fine. He was quiet. He rested around the house. Um, he told me he might become a head medic for changing things around there, new commanders and that type of thing. And I actually got an announcement this morning announcing all the new mempes. The mempe is a head of a department, head of a team. <clears throat> um, walking down a hill here. So I gotta just look where I'm going. It's dark and hopefully I won't fall on my face. Oh, great. Slippery. And um, so that's him. My youngest boy came home to see him. My youngest boy now has braces. That's exciting. He's in a lot, learning in a lot. Learning, uh, doing okay. He's doing okay. And my girl is doing driving lessons and going to school and taking lots of tests this year. She's in 11th grade. My um, 18-year-old, my third boy, is in the Mechina, the Jordan Valley. And already kids are being pulled out of his class to go to the army. Mechina, as some of you may know, is the army prep program that a lot of kids do before going to the army. It prepares them. Okay, it's physical, it's spiritual, it's uh, strengthening them in their body and their mind um, for serving. So my other two boys did it, so he's doing it too. Probably my daughter will do it. It's great. It's a great program. Instead of just throwing them right into the army after high school, this prepares them. Lots of exercises and stuff. Okay, he's doing that. He came home. He came home for Shabbat and he stayed to see his brother an extra day. And um, he's going to take the lifeguard course, he says, during Pesach. Because as you know, I'm a lifeguard, my husband's a lifeguard, and all my kids 
will be and are two are already lifeguards as soon as they turn 18 i think 18 and three months or something you're allowed to do the course then you have to find a course and do it it's you know three weeks long intense he's the great swimmer this kid my third boy he's like olympic i mean his feet are like flippers he's just always been really really good just a natural really really tall long long body amazingly to see him do butterfly just it's like he's at the end of the pool in three strokes he's just so good and um then Zevi, I told you, and then my number one boy actually is gardening now. He's gardening now. He's on one of these hilltops with a partner doing the three in the morning shift until seven. They do four hour shifts. And I told him, oh, I'll walk the dogs. I'll come see you. He's like, don't, don't. Funny. Like a little kid, embarrassed by his mother. 22 years old. Ridiculous. And um, that's what they're up to. And I'm telling you that because when I was in America and I was preparing um, I have a friend, a good friend, who lives there, and she was helping me write my speech and telling me what to do. Pretty much like, say, write, and let me see it. Write what you think, and let me see it. And I would do that. And she told me, when I wrote things that the kids were up to, she thought it was so important to say that because um, the kids in America, and she told me to my face when I was with her, she said, let me tell you what my kids are doing. And then she said, my boy goes to tennis practice, and then he comes home, and then he learns, and then he does this, and then he does that. And she said, and he's busy, and he's stressed because of his tests, and because of the championship coming up, and will he make the finals, and all these type of things. She goes, that's what he's doing, and that's what American kids are doing. They're worried about test scores, and getting into college, and being placed in a team, or something like that. She said, your life is totally different, and your kids' lives are totally different, Natalie. That's what she said. She said, don't you understand how different it is? And Americans don't get that. They don't know that. You've got to tell them. So that was part of what I did, just telling them kind of about myself and my family. And um, I don't know if it made an impact. I got good feedback on my talks, but, you know, I talked about what happened on October 7th. I've told all of you what it was like that day, that morning, that day, and immediately after how things kind of changed here. And um, there's a lot more security, and people are very security-minded. Let me just put it that way. And as I'm walking here this morning, and I don't see the lasers on me, I expect to As I am walking here this morning, and I don't see the lasers on me, as I expected to see, I wonder, are people still security-minded? Are people already complacent? Aren't people already tired? I know it seems like things have gotten back to normal in many respects. I was with my daughter last night in Beersheba, shopping in the mall for jeans, okay? We haven't done that in I don't know how long, and it seemed very normal. And I said to her, wow, you, you wouldn't know there was a war going on. Everything was open. Everybody was shopping. Parking lot was full. Regular traffic. Um, regular atmosphere. Regular. Um, you know, you see the soldiers like you always do. And the soldier girls and with their sweaters and matching you know, sweaters. It seemed very normal. So... I'm wondering if people are getting a little bit uh, tired and complacent, and I worry because 
our enemies are counting on that. Um, and I see our feed for the Hatzalah Medics, Hatzalah Yudav Shimon, my organization has a research department where they track and report all accidents and all medical emergencies. And this week was, you know, normal, normal. There were some big ones, you know. There were some big rock throwing at cars, shooting at um, our forces in the Shomron, in the Jordan Valley. A lot of shootings, a lot of shootings. And um, I'm going to compile that together and put it out in the newsletter. But yeah, this stuff doesn't get out. This is not newsworthy for the rest of the world. And even a friend of mine in New York showed me something that she had seen on social media in Hebrew. She speaks Hebrew. She's Israeli. And she said, is this you? And it, it was our report about um, a car in the Jordan Valley that was that had rocks thrown at it and total, total uh, shattered windows all over the back seat. And um, I said, yeah, that happens here every day, almost every day. And she, her reaction was very interesting. She said, whoa, we don't hear of this at all. We had no idea. I'm sharing this to everybody I know. And all I was thinking was, why? What's the big deal? That happens all the time. People don't know. People don't know. They don't know. And uh, the people here are unfortunately kind of used to it. And I think the rest of the world, when they do hear about it, they're kind of like, so, so what? You know, that's what they get for living there, I think is probably what they think. Um, it's unfortunate and it's awful, but that's the way it is. So we continue and live here do our best raising our kids to be strong and to be um, productive that is what I strive for for them to be strong and productive and um, that's what I hope they will be and that's what I see they already are even as teenagers you know I compare them to the way I was as a teenager sometimes we just have totally different lives I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to live in a city. I had a vision of myself carrying a briefcase and wearing high heels. That's as much as I had for my future. (laughs) That's what I knew. I didn't really know. I was always angry at my parents. Um, I I had a boyfriend. When I'm talking like, you know, 17 years old, I was busy with rehearsals all the time. And uh, very much into that, my uh, little world. And um, I think every teenager, even here, has that, of course. But it's also different because they have to always be strong and kind of, kind of fighting, fighting to to exist in a way. Like the kids in the cities here, probably not so much. But out here in Yudan Shamron, yeah, you gotta be you gotta be tough, you know. These are my dogs fighting. If you can hear it. All right, I'll check in with all of you later. Hi, everybody. It is um, a little after seven in the morning on Friday. And I've been walking since five in the morning. Lost one of the dogs. I I was a little lost myself. Went way beyond the security road. And um, 
It's, you know, dark, black, blackout, no light at all, not even the moon. So hopefully he'll find his way home. Well, I gotta get home. I've been walking for two hours. My hands are cold, even though I have gloves and enough already. Now the sun's up. But um, it's very annoying that he runs away. I don't know what he's looking for. He's looking for a better life, a better home, a better owner. It reminds me of my little girl. She left her school a year ago. It was February last year. She was in her second year at the school. It was called Adam Adama, And it's an agricultural program. I think I told you about it. She lived on a moshav. It's a school, though. I mean, there were other kids, you know. Maybe 60 kids. I don't know. Her class had 20. And um, they spent the first part of the day in the greenhouses working. And then the second part of the day studies with a break for lunch in between. And it was a long day. Started very early. Started at something like 5 in the morning. And they were working till 11 alongside the Thailand workers, Thailandim in the greenhouses doing all sorts of things, picking fruit, cleaning out greenhouses, tying up um, vines, whatever needed to be done. And they, and it, it wasn't as I thought, like all on site, they would take tractors and trucks and get rides to these different places because the whole Arava, the whole south of Israel, as you head down um, along that eastern side with the Jordan border right there, all those Moshavim are um, agricultural. They grow peppers, they grow oranges, they grow um, everything, cucumbers, all, everything, you know, is grown there. Probably um, probably mangoes also. Ein Yahav is one of the Moshavs. We used to go there because we lived down there. So I do know these places in Chatseva. Uh, Excuse me, my nose is running. It's so cold. And uh, anyway... She left. She left that program. Nine of her friends also left. Nine people from her class left. And um, what did she tell me the reason was? It was kind of ridiculous. Things are changing. They're making our class bigger. There are new kids. And um, we don't like it. It's too much work. I'm not a slave. Something happened. Something social may have happened. Sweetie. In any case, she left. And we spent... Um, the next seven or eight months going around looking for another program for her. And it was pretty funny because she was going to uh, programs where she slept away from home because that's what she wanted to continue doing. And these different places, some of them are for kids who have problems. And they would look at her and they were like, there's nothing wrong with her. She's an exceptional girl. Why does she want to come here? <laughs> you know? And uh, this is for people with problems, with a bad home life. And um, that was one case of things that happened. Another case was that some of these places were almost like, uh, almost like military schools. They had to wear a uniform. You had to have certain grades to get in. It was very academic. They worked one of these schools worked with the police, so they would become policemen. It was weird. But even to get in, her grades weren't good enough. And uh, 
they said um, after examining her and after after checking her grades and i think she had to you know all these places was a process they interviewed her they interviewed me they looked over her grades they um sometimes they needed a physical um and it was like a visit and then uh, we had to come back and do an interview but in any case one of these places says she could come for a trial period of one month and then we'll see and uh, anyway my point is this <clears throat> my dog is looking for something better he runs away all the time looking for something better at least that's what i think he's doing my daughter <clears throat> was looking for something better she hasn't found it she even said to me about a week ago mommy you know these friends i have now they're just they're just a different type they're a lower level and um those of us I, I know there's a point here but a lot of us are seeking something better sometimes and i think god hashem puts us in a situation to manage what we've got um it's not like we don't make efforts always we must make efforts to improve our situation to fix problems there will always be problems everybody has different kinds of problems but we're given the problems that we're supposed to work on you know we're we're, we're given them stop looking for a new situation a better situation um i think that what she did was a mistake my son did the same thing he left his yeshiva in 10th grade he was complaining so he left in 11th grade and went to a public high school even though he did look around for other yeshiva, yeshivas yeshivot but he decided to go to a public high school and it was a big mistake the friends the kids the atmosphere all different all different and and not better worse who are the friends he has today and he's 22 he's the one who was just released from the army who are his good friends today his friends are the ones he made in yeshiva for those two years those are his friends today even though he left um he uh he realized it you know he why did he leave oh it was too much torah too much torah learning too strict um, I'm, I'm, no, I'm sure there's a point that I'm trying to express to all of you here. Sometimes it takes a while to get there, but I did want to speak about this because I think it applies to a lot of people, um, in a, a, who find themselves in a situation that they, they find problems with it and they think a completely different situation, different scenery, different job, different husband, different home will make things better. Um, the only exception to that, of course, and you all know what I'm going to say, is moving to Israel. I think um, when you come to Israel, you're going to have a whole different set of challenges and a whole different set of problems. And it's really interesting to see where you shine, what becomes your strength. Maybe in America, you were good at one thing, and here, that thing you were good at just isn't relevant anymore. It's awesome, you know, and when you come here and you look at it that way as an adventure it's it's just awesome you know and you really can't go wrong you you it, ma it makes you very young it makes you feel very um wide-eyed you know when you're when you're in your 20s and the whole world is open to you that's how you can feel here forever because you're always going to be a foreigner that's how i feel i don't take things <clears throat> too seriously you know because to me this is all still 
in a way, a new world. Yes, I've been here for 20 years, but I'm a foreigner. And I'll be the first one to tell you I'm a foreigner. It's funny, when I come to America, I feel a little bit like a foreigner also, because um, I haven't been there for so long. But, um, okay, I guess I'm, you know, an outsider a little bit in, in both cultures. But that's um, neither here nor there. It's just uh, I'm trying to tell you, when you feel like you need to make a change, sometimes <clears throat> you're changing for the worse. But in, in, in the sense of moving to Israel, I think it's only a change to, for the better. It's only moving up. That's why it's called Aliyah, going up. All right, that's it for our show. Thanks for listening. Any comments? Anyone want to write in? Please do at Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Have a great week. you get the inside news on Israel. At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel.